All right. Time for some space orgies. <laughs> it's about to be in the very 69th episode of Adventure Guys. Adventure Guys! Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. And you know what? It's a it's been a weird week out in the world. We're recording this on December 31st of 2021. Sorry, it's New Year's Eve. And if you're listening to this years in the future, which some of you will be, this is right in the heart of the Omicron time. Uh, if you've been following <laughs> along, we've been dead set on being in person every week and yet again here we are in zoom and not just because of omicron but also because i did a bit of traveling which i pushed through even in the face of omicron i am down in austin texas that's right we are doing this the old school way me and austin eric in long island and next to me our most frequent guest, our most special guest the only guest we could really have to talk about <laughs> an episode like high strangest that's sean the human What's up, everybody? Sean the Human here. Oh, uh, Sean, it's only been like five episodes since you've been on. I know, yeah, yeah. Right. I was up there, got to do the whole in-person thing, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, you're right, yeah, we're Sean, back to the old way. You were up in Thanksgiving, uh, which oh, yeah. was like the final breath of fresh air back when we thought everything was going to be fine. From here on out with, with COVID because we were all vaccinated and safe. Or I mean, right. We went to go see like a 900 person show twice that weekend. Yeah. Back to back <laughs> nights. Uh, we were wearing masks, but a lot of people weren't. And it was fine. No one got sick. There were no cases, no outbursts. Sean, you were flying back and forth. It was no big deal. Yeah, I was flying all over the place. Yeah. And then just a week later, New York starts imploding. Yeah, we, uh, we were supposed to have another in-person guest uh, a couple weeks ago, but Craig Shea had to zoom in for that episode as well because <laughs> Omicron was just starting to get bad. Uh, I had just the, like a couple nights before that worked a wedding gig and nine out of the 12 people in the band wound up testing positive for COVID afterwards. I was one of the three that did not get it, but still, wow. it was pretty risky. Oh, God. Yeah, we're heading into the peak of Omicron, so I hope... This podcast can be a nice, bright spot for you. We can stop talking talking about Omicron. This is probably <laughs> affecting all of your lives right now. And we can start talking about... I've called my favorite episode of Adventure Time. Sean, Sean was just talking to our room, his roommate, new roommate about this. You said it's one of your favorites, right? Yeah, it is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorite episodes. It is absolutely spectacular this episode <laughs> eric wh where do you stand just so we're on the same footing uh man so i was never the biggest tree trunks fan i think it's it's known that it's I documented really a tree trunks fanatic yeah so i hadn't really thought too much about this episode i don't think like every time you referenced it i honestly did not have 
too much in it, my memories to go go when, on. So when we started, you had the knowledge. I was bringing it up all the time just because it really <laughs> stuck with me. And for you, it's probably like a late. It's it's in season eight. It's late in the show's run. There's a lot of consequential things happening at this point, and this is sort of a side tree trunks episode that feels. I can understand how you could feel this is sort of a toss away. If you're kind of like, let's get back to the the real lore that's happening. Yeah. Well, so I did watch it today for the first time in a while, and there were a lot of really cool things happening in this episode that aren't necessarily even like related to tree trunks. Like yeah. there's a, there's like a pretty heavy princess bubblegum thing happening in this episode. Oh, it's sort yeah. of treated as like yeah. the B plot. Cause like we're anchored with tree trunks, but this is a pretty good princess bubblegum episode. Like just based on what she has going on here. It really yeah. is. All right. Hit that theme, man. Let, we got to dive in. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I want to start by saying, explaining maybe a bit of how this became my favorite episode um, and my experience with it. Um, Okay. So, flashback (laughs) to the beginning of quarantine in 2020. Eric, we decided to do this podcast. I guess this would have been the summer of 2020. And we're gearing up to to work on it. We may have even recorded the first couple. And I'm watching it, getting ready to go. This is back in the times when I'd watch each episode two or three times and really think about what I was going to say before <laughs> I just word vomited all over the internet. And as I'm watching it, Sean is getting into it pretty heavily. Um, and Sean, do you remember this? Like, And we, we talked about it, I think, on one of your early episodes. Um, you were like, okay, I'm in. I love this. I'm going to go watch the whole series now. Yep. And you just started tearing through it. I did. I tore through during... This was one of my quarantine rage binges. And as we may have talked about the rage binge, or maybe some of you are frequent or uh, are familiar with it as you yourselves participate in this kind of uh, behavior. But <laughs> Sean, working from home, was cranking out lessons. You were. This isn't a, a time when you're watching the show when you were being pretty productive, I would say, Sean, where you were... Yeah. Mixing music. You were writing music. You were teaching back to back lessons. Yeah, I'll I'll get I'll get into that. Like, you know, like this was a time when for anyone who doesn't you can all guess what I mean by rage binge, but when we say rage binge, we mean like every free second of your day is spent binging a show until there are no more episodes of it to have happen anymore. So I was like private teaching Zoom lessons, which like it was very convenient and wonderful for me, but it was a little bit soul sucking because like, you know, everyone was like, ah, like this is not the best thing. And I was doing a lot of that. I was writing music. I was like mixing a record. But at this time, I was just like, okay, I got to take a break from lessons. All right, I, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. He's going to watch the I'm show, watch which the is show. the magic that I think a lot of people have found working from home, which is previously, if you had a little break, you had a little 10 minutes if you're in your office or at your job, maybe you're going into the break room and just looking at your phone or you're doing one of those where you're you're at work, you're quote unquote taking a break or you need to mentally recharge, but it's not the best when you're at your job. So Sean could just pop out of his room, throw on a bunch of adventure times, really enjoy them and go back and do another couple hours of lessons and come out. So I think it was on one of those or maybe you had finished teaching your lessons at four o'clock that day and I would sit in another room adjacent to our like family living room uh, television situation in our pseudo office at the time 
and I'm working hard. I'm doing my music business things, lots of phone calls and emails. Oh, by the way, I have something to talk to you about that. So don't let me forget. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just doing emails. I remember I was like in a really good groove and I was like, Sean, I'm at a, I'm like, I'm crushing it today. Like I'm working really hard. So I'm, I'm going, I'm going and, uh, Sean's watching Adventure Time and I was like, I was going to watch it with him, but now he's rage binging and I'm like, dude, I can't just stop working right now. And, and I, there's no holding him back. And I think I may have watched one episode. I went back and I was doing stuff. And then all of a sudden Sean's doing a new one and I hear tree trunks who I already liked. And I walk through the room and it's this first scene of this episode, which is like top 10 Adventure Time scenes of all time. Top 10 scenes of any cartoon maybe I've ever seen, which is the first like minute of high strangeness. And I, I walk in the room, I see a glowing uh, wall and a, an alien walk through. I'm like, wait, is this Adventure Time? He's like, yeah. And I just sit, sit there in disbelief, mouth agape, watch the first minute of this episode. And I just find myself sitting there. I've abandoned work. I have, I'm now in my break that I didn't know that I needed. And I, my, I am sitting on a chair, you know, kind of, kind of like this, like you're, you're forward on the chair, leaning in to like, see the TV better. You're like, okay. Like actively watching this episode. And I, I saw it. And by the final frame, which is iconic in my mind, uh, where the husbands are shaking hands. Forcedly. I, <laughs> I, I stood up. I, I I don't know if I worked the rest of that day. I don't know what I did. I may have, got, I may have went for a walk. I may have said, Sean, we need to go for a car ride. I'm pretty sure you got poke. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think so. so yeah, probably. Okay, so got this poke. is a little bit enlightening for me, and now I think I understand what the Atlantic Records Accounting Department is up to uh, instead of processing my invoices. They're just watching high strangeness and becoming like unable to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. I would like to think that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric did a little bit of, I hired Eric for a little bit of uh, side audio work and it, it would seem that he has still not been paid. Uh, so I was paid for one invoice, but not the other, which is confusing and frustrating. <laughs> well, at least you got partially paid. That, that's <laughs> Yeah, but it's like. Better than not paid. I know that's not it's unacceptable. I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> I was trying to trying to hire trying to hire you uh for good things, not for frustrating things, but uh yeah. So so one's been one's been processed, which is confusing because is the other one going to be processed or it will be. do they it, think I, it's finished and they don't need to do anything else it, now? It will be processed. I, I the office reopens in a matter of days. I will I will have it yeah. straightened out. I will straighten it out myself this time. <laughs> Instead of okay. instead of people telling me it was straightened out and then finding out it wasn't, which is how you're supposed just, to just ask them how they how they were enjoying Adventure Time and what they thought of the High Strangeness episode because that could be the only explanation. Yeah, yeah, it just threw me completely off my rocker. Well, so yeah, so the show opens right. Yeah, on um, Nick, why don't you get into it? Okay. Because I, I really think that, for me, eye candy and just, like, peculiar visual things are, like, really what make up this episode. And I am sure Nick has written down a very, very, very in-depth play-by-play of even the first 60 seconds that I, he's going to really want to dive into. Well, the first 60 seconds is just wall-to-wall. Like, something new and outrageous is happening every few seconds so much so that after this first scene i paused it and was like sean holy shit like i paused i said 
He did. He was like, stop. Just stop for a sec. I need to write stuff down. I was like, I need to go back. Like, I, I can't process what I just saw. Like, I, I could only handle like three things the alien did, not all eight in <laughs> a matter of seconds, you know? Um, oh, it was insane. So, Sean, you caught the eye candy first off. It opens actually on a shot of the sky, and you see the alien spaceships hovering in a circle. Yeah, you do. And I missed that. And Sean, first like six times I've watched this episode, I missed that. Yeah. And then it pans down onto Tree Trunks and Mr. Pig's home. Um, and we go in. Tree Trunks and Mr. Pig are sleeping next to each other as they are husband and wife and not to do. And Tree Trunks is snoring with her elephant trunk. <laughs> and Mr. Pig is awake. He reaches over his nice thing, gets some scotch tape, and tapes it to Tree Trunks' head to kind of like keep her from snoring. I guess it's like someone would do that with someone's nose, right? It's kind of like a cute domestic thing for them. He goes to sleep. And then the wall begins to glow. The entire wall. A giant wall. Like a giant TV screen. Like a giant TV screen that's just on. And out of the right side pokes a little gray man, an alien. He walks in, and you're already discompobulated, and he starts walking backwards. And you go, okay, is he walking over to Mr. Pig? No, he just makes a U-turn zigzags back he's walking backwards backwards still walking backwards to um tree trunks turns around looks at her thrusts his head under her pillow and starts vigorously shaking and we get this sound yeah and it's going faster and faster like a washing machine tree trunks opens her eyes and says oh it's you no but it's like the oh it's you Yep, there you go. Thank you, Sean. Because given their history, that moment, that activity, that shaking, it can only be one person. And it's him. And she says, it's you. He he looks up at her and as a sign of affirmation says, meh. <laughs> and Sean, what does Tree Trunks say back? <laughs> and Tree Trunks says back, meh. At which point, our gray alien picks up with his fingertips tree trunks. Like Shaq with a, base, with a basketball. Basketball. Palming her like a basketball. And then does a basketball move, a Harlem Globetrotters move, where the alien makes his arm straight, and she rolls down one arm over his shoulders to the back of the other arm. <laughs> and she thrusts into this giant TV screen, which we don't know where it goes, and he jumps in too. Now that is that's probably the first sixty seconds of the episode. That's what threw me the fuck off. I think that's what roped me into this episode and made me pause and rewatch it again tonight. You could everyone listening to this episode go watch that sixty. I know I just described it, but you could you could watch it again. It's it's just it's just such an incredibly discombobulating scene. Like I, I don't know. I was I was thinking about writing this episode, and I was thinking about each of those things was a choice. That they made making this. And every yeah. choice was surprising and, and odd. If it wasn't the like stereotypical gray alien, there would be no way to understand what is happening here. It's yes. like it's a very quirky adventure time take on an alien abduction. Yeah. Yeah. But like without <laughs> that iconography, like that's already part of the public consciousness, there's no way to place it anywhere. 
Yeah. Exactly. It's so bizarre. <laughs> it's but yeah, it, that's a really good point. And 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 in this very next scene, we're gonna dive further in. But they are really using our cultural understanding of the gray alien and like how it's been used in popular culture before and kind of subverting it. Because it's a little disorienting. Now they go into the void and Tree Trunks is floating. And actually, it appears that most things are float, sort of floating. The walls, I can only describe as mushroom-like. Yeah, it's sort of like you're inside true. a giant mushroom. And Tree Trunks is in slow motion, like as she's talking. Voice pitched down. Voice pitched down. And, and like, Sean, what did she say? She says a little bit of, oh, hello. No, I think she's like, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think the first thing she says is, and this is a quote I say frequently in my life, which is, my alien husband. Yeah, she's, she says something like that, and then she's like, hello, everybody. And because as she comes in, the first thing that happens is she's surrounded by five of these gray aliens all kissing her. (laughs) They are all kissing her. All kissing her. And this is why it's the the 69th episode of our podcast, because (laughs) we we don't... The show doesn't get sexual. It doesn't really need to. It shouldn't. But Tree Trunks, it's clear, is a very sexual being. Yeah, and and she, she has, makes that clear. She has lots of needs, and yes, this is her alien husband. But also, it's clear that all five of them are all kissing her, they're and rubbing her, <laughs> and they. It's a very communal situation. Yes, very. <laughs> this very is, communal. This is a right. commune, and then we we see behind like some weird curtains, is a large praying mantis, chomping <laughs> on a carrot, naturally. And I think it's six little small creatures that are very, I'm going to say, disturbing. Yeah, they're little tree trunks bodies with gray man faces. Yeah. Just real cut and paste. My alien children. Yeah, that that type of situation. Yeah. Now, the praying mantis, doesn't that look like an early Cartoon Network cartoon? Doesn't, right? Yes. What's up with space that? Ghost? Space Ghost. Yeah, is that the Space Ghost praying mantis? Uh, is there no, one? I think it's a reference. Well, it might be. It's it's like a double reference. We can get there in Miss Nighty Mania if you want. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah I, I really want to. Yeah. So, <laughs> and now, so this is all happening, right? You're all crazy. You're like, is this happening? That's the first time I think I watched this. I'm like, is this real? And as the praying mantis is chomping down on a carrot, well, also, like, let's not zoom past her alien children. Like, this means that that's a confirmation that they are having sex. <laughs> These are her children, and they are half elephant, half alien. And it's consensual. She is excited. She sees them often. Now, at this point, the praying mantis is chomping down on this carrot. It zooms in on the carrot, it's, it's happening violently. And then we get a quick shot of Mr. Pig waking up. Now, at this moment, you would assume, oh, they just, this is Mr. Pig's dream. Or, oh, they were both dreaming the same thing. Like, it's clearly that reality has been broken by this snap. Like, that is what that moment usually means in a cartoon. And he, and he looks over to, for tree trunks, and she is gone. 
And now we have to start wrestling with the fact that this has happened. And this is real. This is real. (laughs) Mr. Pig goes up and sees if uh, she's in the kids' room, if she's somewhere else in the house. Nowhere. But then she hears, he hears her voice say, Oh, okay then. Bye, everybody. Um, (laughs) Right? Something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she says, She says, Ha ha. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, is she talking to them? Like, she's okay. Like, like, I don't know. Maybe she's, they're waving. And she's like, and then Mr. Pig is like, where have you been, Tree Trunks? And she's like, every few years, I was abducted by aliens, right? She's like, every few years, they show up. I'll drop the voice. They show up and I I get to see my hybrid children. (laughs) Yes. I get to see my hybrid children. And then, and then Mr. Pig's like, ha ha, what? Like yeah, that, that. That's his only verbal reaction. And then Tree Trunks immediately is like this like polyamorous swinger who's like, don't get jealous, Mr. Pig. No need to worry about my alien consorts. I love <laughs> you the most. And then he's immediately like, all right, sweetie. And that's it. That's it. Like, like you're not going to press her more on that? Like, you're not going to dive deeper on what that was? Yeah, it gives you know, me the impression that this is the kind of wild shit that Tree Trunks just says all the time, like, yeah. around the house. I, I thought the same. I was sort of like, all right, if he's married Mr. Pig, Mr. <laughs> Pig is married Tree Trunks, and they've been together now for a while in the, the show. He, he's kind of, if not on board, okay with it, accepting, supportive. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's odd. I would also say, Sean, I think it's right. Like the shift where you first think she was abducted by aliens and maybe probed, right, Eric? Like that's the classic alien abduction. But now, where it seems to be consensual, and that it happens every few years, and she's excited when it happens, and that this is also her husband. It's not like a boyfriend, or it's not just these aliens that I know that I had a fling with. It's her alien husband. It's like part of Tree Trunks is like, I'm going to have these other experiences that you're not going to be involved with, Mr. Pig, but you need to be okay with it. Like, she's going to have multiple husbands. I, yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's a switch. It's a re, you're revealing something in Tree Trunks' character that, I mean, we always knew she was kind of wild, but this is, this is next level. Yeah. I was also going to say, though, it's like this bizarre turn in a character's development is completely like a thousand steps ahead of anything else that would ever happen in in Adventure Time, you know? And like, it only happens here. And of course, it would only happen with tree trunks. That it would be like, I have multiple husbands. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. Yeah, there are wild character changes in the show. But this one is one of the wildest. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's the hardest, hardest. I don't think Mr. Pig, though, really believes it, though. When he's when she tells him it, no, no, he's immediately like, "Oh, okay, okay, honey. Now listen, tomorrow I want to go to the the fireworks show that Princess Bubblegum's put on," and she's immediately so anti. I'm not going. She didn't come to our wedding, and like, she says something like, "Oh, she's a fat fish in the sand." That's what she calls. <laughs> yeah, that's a Princess Bubblegum. <laughs> an interesting one. <laughs> But honey, I w- want to see the fireworks for free. Um, now, I wanted to talk about that line for a second. I wanted to see the fireworks for free. Um, 
I'm curious about fireworks. Now, because at this point in my life, I'm 32 now, I've seen fireworks a lot. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys, when you see fireworks now, like if you go to a fireworks show, do they amaze you anymore? No. I'm no. so fucking over it. No. Sean, what do you think? No? No. Yeah. It's kind of odd to me. And, and, and I hate to sound like this, but given the stimulation I get off of my phone and everything, like it doesn't wow me. I guess I'm just, it's, it's fine in the, in, in the context of this episode and in the land of ooh and Mr. Pig and everything. But I still am puzzled. Like, fourth of July this year, I was puzzled. I was like, this many people still want to go out and see fireworks? Every fourth of July, I, I think the same thing. It's like, we know that our dogs hate this shit. Shouldn't that be enough for us to stop with this bullshit? People get their arms blown off. Hearing, people die. Well, my hearing in one of my ears. That, but we know that this makes dogs unhappy. Why would we make dogs unhappy? No, I know. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. I, I it's it's I've I have I'm like hearing in my one of my ears in my left is like a little weird because I shot off a firework incorrectly when I was a kid. Like <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it's not like deaf or anything, but like do you remember that, Sean? We're like in the backyard and I and it like one of those like you know you light a firework and then like either I tripped or I didn't realize how fast like the wick was really fast or it went off in like two seconds instead of ten. Well, this is a really good story about why we should just not do fireworks anymore is that we were at our parents' house. This is a different time, but also the best fireworks story. Go, Sean. Uh, we, were, we were at our parents' house in Hackettstown, New Jersey. I was on tour with 4.0, and we were doing 4th of July 4.0 versus Survey Says Kickball in Hackett. <laughs> in like, in That's like, some DIY ska shit if I ever heard. <laughs> I know. In like, in like Warren County... I think it was like Warren County, New Jersey or something like that, like out where we were. And then like, okay, that was done. And then like everyone, it was like, okay, 4.0 people coming back to our parents' house. And then we invited over all these friends from like New Jersey. And it was like, oh, we have this tiny little backyard and it slopes off into a hill at the bottom. Eric, you've been to that house. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. And we were like, it was an impromptu 4th of July party, I guess. I, I guess... No one had plans, and it just morphed into a big old massive party. Yeah, massive Fourth of July party. Yeah, like one of the largest parties we ever had there, like forty people. I, I don't know, and, and people were showing up. People were showing up we didn't know, which like is like a total movie thing. Yeah, and yeah. It was getting to that point, <laughs> and so anyway, I start a fire pit, and yeah. then everyone's like, "Okay, cool, we bring fireworks, whatever." You know, at this point, four has been drinking PBR since like eleven a.m. or something. It's dark out. <laughs> We're lighting off fireworks. All this stuff's going on. And Everyone's having and, a great time. And I have fireworks. And it's kind of loud. I'm like, Sean, I don't know if we should be lighting off these fireworks. Ever. I'm upstairs or in the front yard. And my friend runs up to me and goes, <laughs> Nick, like, your brother's about to do something really stupid. You need to go into the backyard. And I was like, <laughs> what can we do? He's like, no, 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 no. I was like talking to someone. He's like, no, 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 dude, dude, dude. Stop. Come with me. You need to go to the backyard now. This, You have to handle this. This can't happen. And I was like, what's happening? He's like, he has all the fireworks. And I walk back there and I see the big brown paper bag of fireworks that we were getting light off. And it was like, I don't know, 30, 40 different fireworks, sparklers. Where's the where's Joe, Joe Dirt when you need him to list off all the different fireworks? You know what I'm talking about? Where he's like, uh, the like bottle rockets and, uh, and, and uh, all the shit, all I the everything. shit, like mortars, everything. 
And I'm like, Sean, what are you doing? And they're like, he's, they're like, I'm going to throw all the fireworks in the fire. I was like, at one time? Yeah, let me, let me. So the bag, bag full of fireworks, me bag in hand, drop bag over fire. That was my plan. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you can't do that. That's like an awful idea. And he was like, well, look, in our parents' community, there's like this homeowners association. We're not allowed to light off fireworks. Everyone's going to keep lighting off fireworks, even though you tell them not to. So my solution is, let's just light off all the fireworks at once. <laughs> so it's one loud bang. <laughs> if anyone gets mad, you go, we don't have any more fireworks. I'm sorry. And no one here will like get into trouble or do any more fireworks. And I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> I was like, it's a great solution to the plan. Like, it was a good oh, idea. Oh, God. Harvey boys putting their heads together. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And my friend who had got me was like, no, dude, that's a good idea. He's like, wait, he's doing it? I'm like, no, no, he's got it under control. This is a good idea. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then I, I was on board. I was like, everyone get back. Everyone get back. We clear the area, right? I dropped the fireworks in. And there's like a couple bangs, there's some sparklers, some firecrackers, there's like all this shit. But, All's going according to plan. But the most important thing is that there were some bottle rockets in there. And I guess they were all aimed at our own house. And I just didn't <laughs> well, know. Well, and I want to say, and so that's, so that's in there. He didn't know that. Now, I remember the fire is getting a little bit bigger. And all of a sudden, it's rapidly just changing colors. The flames are blue. The flames are purple. A very, very vivid green that I won't forget. And all of a <laughs> sudden, it the flame, it's in a fire pit that's like a metal circle. Yeah. The fire starts growing and growing and growing. I'm talking like five, like four, five, ten feet high. Just a cylindrical like log of fire going straight up to the heavens, changing awesome. color. It was awesome. <laughs> but... The most important thing, though, is that the bottle rockets all exploded out and hit our own house. Yeah. The fire, the fire, like, cone, the fire log is also, like, it's windy, and it's, like, then it starts, like, going towards our house and hitting the side of our house, which looks like that we're, like, oh, my God, are we going to burn the house down? Is the siding <laughs> going to be all messed up? So then the bottle rockets explode on the house, and then everything's just, like, fine. And then I was, like really I was drunk and I was like well we're just gonna have to talk to dad about this tomorrow but the funny thing was I don't that think I was that drunk and I was like really freaking out and, and we're gonna have to talk about this tomorrow and then we were looking at it I was looking at it with friends and it was like I, I think it's okay and we were looking at the light and there was like no damage or no remnants there was one place and then all of a sudden we could realize we could just wash it with water yeah well hang on yeah like it, it there was there was remnants. Like first off, the important thing here is our dad had just remodeled the house, so siding had just all brand new siding was put all all over the house, and there's just ash all over the side of the house. And then, yeah, if Nick might have had a conversation with friends, but I went away the next, and then I had to tell our dad the next day, and he was basically just like, "What, Sean? What? Come, come on! What? What are you? Are you kidding me?" And then. And then, and then, you know, he goes out there and Nick's like, no, it just washes off. And our dad just washes off with a hose. And he's like, oh, well, all right. And that was it. I was just, yeah. I was off scot-free. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I went on tour after that. And we thought we were being responsible and then we're being incredibly irresponsible, it turns out. But our intentions were in the right place. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. Amazing how that logic works itself out in 
an early 20-something's brain. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but then actually it did work out. <laughs> That's the real magic of early 20s right there. So anyway, fireworks, yeah. So I think yeah. after that, there's no need for more fireworks. But uh, Mr. Pig is all about the fireworks. And uh, he's like, uh, she's like, no. Uh, he's like, please, I, I want to see the fireworks and I want you there with me. And she goes, okay, fine. And then he goes to turn off his uh, uh, light for the night and she just slaps him on the ass and he lets out a big pink pig oink. Which <laughs> oh is very aggressive there- and... Really, yeah. discon- like one of the most disconcerting episode, like parts of the episode, like it's right on the line of like I don't like that. It's in yeah, in the top top three most sexual moments of this episode. <laughs> yeah, and of the series, like it yeah. is aggressively <laughs> sexual, and I don't like it. I, I, it also is like informing, like kind of probably what, uh, Tree Trunks is like in the bedroom. She's assertive, and <laughs> yeah, probably. You're right with that. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it either, but it's it's there. That's true. It's part of it. Um, and then we go the next day to the field, and there's some awesome music playing. Like, did you hear that? Like, Princess Bubblegum's listening to awesome music. She's Everyone's <laughs> assembled there. It's like a really weird group of people. There's only probably like 12 people there. It's not a big draw in Ooh this day. Um, uh, Finn and Jake are there. Jake's in like a huge like uh, like chair. For Finn to watch the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I also want to point out that like one of our main characters of this episode, Starchy, got some good Starchy visual candy stuff in this moment. He's got a uh he's got a high he he's got a high heel shoe that's a camera. Like yeah. it's like he disguised a high heel shoe as a camera. Like, why does he have a high heel shoe anyway? It makes no sense. No sense. It's like his septifuge for that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and and Princess Bubblegum goes into the PA, and her address to the crowd is <clears throat> science rules. Yeah, and I'm gonna prove it to you. And we go over and see a chalkboard with incredibly confusing and elaborate and deep uh, equations on it. Starchy snaps a couple photos. Yeah. And no one's interested. And she just mm. mutters to herself, I'm doing the right thing. Very, very intense. Very intense, <laughs> doing like, the right thing. camera close-up. I'm going to show you. And then Mr. Pig, let's see those free fireworks. And she's like, oh, yes, the free fireworks. And then she has a remote, the shape of Texas. Did you notice Can that I say, one? I didn't even notice at first that it was shaped like Texas because I lived in Texas for 10 years and everything is shaped like Texas. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Waffles are shaped like te- like Texas here. Right. Everything in Texas is branded to be Texas. So like just seeing a, another Texas on my television screen did not even register to me as yeah. noteworthy. <laughs> but given the context that it's this show and there's never, ever, ever any Im- imagery to anything r- r- like real world geography, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, could, and- it could be a reference to... Either that NASA has Houston as like their their base, or that Texans just like to blow shit up. Yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> right. I think this is just a very Texas scheme in general. You got some space, you got some astro shit, you got blowing shit up. And 
there's some real estate out there that belongs to some people that don't look like Princess Bubblegum, that don't serve her interests, and it's mine. I should take it. And yeah, she doesn't exactly. re- even really think about the consequences of her actions other than the positive effects for her. Doesn't never crossed her mind that there could be negative repercussions for the technology she's using. Real conquistador vibes. Yeah. So <laughs> colonialism. So she lights off the fireworks and the fireworks aren't exactly fireworks. These seem to be beta type probes that are flying off into space. And uh, we know this because after the fireworks start going off, Princess Bubblegum, I mean, Tree Trunks is yet again abducted into space and she's back in the mushroom void. And she sees all of Princess Bubblegum's little little guys that she's released have the first of all this like rocket uh, that was the fireworks has blasted into their spaceship has let out a bunch of these little creatures like candy creatures and they're all poking at all the Greys and her children and she's like no and she comes down and immediately starts screaming at Princess Bubblegum like. Stop hurting my spacemen with your goo. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I did sort of uh, think it was maybe a little bit unclear up until that point that like Tree Trunks was being transported onto the alien spaceship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it wasn't, I, I don't know, like it seemed like maybe she was just like in some weird dimension where the aliens were or uh-huh. whatever. But like, yeah, they were definitely in a spaceship and they were definitely in orbit and PB accidentally hit the the spaceship. Was it act? Was it an accident though? I guess she was trying to get to a planet. Was her what we learn later? But it, I don't know if it was an accident. Was it? I think I think it it was, was an accident because yeah. feels like an accident. Just, yeah, she's trying to get she's trying to get those guys to a planet that she can take over, and then they just happen to be in the the missile's path. Yeah, because because they're actually in orbit, and right. I, I I think that's like the first time that it was clear to me as a viewer it was like this is like (laughs) this episode is like more complicated than it seems yeah it is more complicated and (laughs) and um and it's so she comes down and starts yelling at princess bubblegum and princess bubblegum sort of like tree trunks how did you know and she's like stop it get away from my children and the first time i watched this i was sort of like tree trunks is going about this in such an odd way and just immediately yelling like everyone knows that she's talking about like she's not giving anyone any context or like calmly being like princess bubblegum your rockets just hit a spaceship now i know these aliens like she's just going all off emotion and as i I come to learn it's it's literally like her children's lives are being threatened and she is responding and such like literal hysterics that her children's lives yeah, but we don't we don't know like what's happening yet. Like we see these little pink guys yeah. like get out of the probe rocket ship missile, but like we don't know what they're supposed to be doing. We don't know why like Princess Bubblegum was aiming at the ship. Uh, which I guess we don't know at that point that's an accident yet. And then Tree Trunks doesn't have any context in her in her explanation or anything. No. So like. Phoebe doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, you know, she doesn't know that she accidentally hit a spaceship. Yeah. She doesn't know there's a spaceship there to begin with. Like, there's so much, there's, there's a lot of like loose ends that like only get tied up like towards the end of the episode. I know. It's kind of confusing. It's it's still very confusing. It's confusing and a little frustrating, Mm -hmm. like watching (laughs) it. Um, 
And then the starchy element begins. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. then she makes a get sign. Even crazier. Then she says, it's, uh, Princess Bubblegum's a fascist and, and takes to the streets and starts with her sign and starts telling everyone that the, the fireworks were just a front for an international, like, colonial mission. And she's saying all sorts of shit like that. And, like, someone in Candy Kingdom was, this town is full of kooks. But one kook who's on board with this is Starchy, who <laughs> gives her a note, says, meet Starchy in the alley. Yeah, meet Starchy in the alley. She walks over to the alley. Kaka, kaka, Starchy has painted himself like the bricks. Starchy really goes all out in this moment to be like, oh, I'm hiding myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> he does like the little, the little voice and then he's like, okay, cool. Like, it's me, Starchy. And then he... And- and he's disguised himself by painting his back the same as the wall, but it's cl- still clearly him. There's a really great visual gag. I don't know if you guys saw this, which was the name of the paints he has painted himself with, which is like dark oh, alley paint and like crumbly old plaster or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And he's like, come with me. Take me into the, like, come with me. I'm going to take you and introduce you to some people. Right. And he's like, do you want to join my squad or whatever? And she's like, yes, like we're, we're down to help you. He's like, follow me. And then Eric, you want to describe where Starchy takes her? Well, there's a door that's next to where he's hiding on the wall. Uh, but they don't go through the door. They go through like a chute that opens up in the ground. And now they have to journey through some elaborate like sewer tunnel system. Yeah. That's like that underbelly just, of Candy Kingdom. Yeah. and. Some somebody remarks about like wow this is this is really uh, tree trunks this like, is extremely elaborate yeah right yeah there's there's a lot going on under here and it just spits them back out in town again yeah and then and they then have they to just walk over to the alley and go through the door that was there the whole time yeah it's a complete circular contraption it's hilarious <laughs> which, which just speaks to Starchy's role in this whole episode as just being completely useless yeah. Yeah, very true. It doesn't true. need to be there. Not it just it just eats up time. <laughs> it does, and and I do appreciate Tree Trunks for this uh, that she calls bullshit on it all because she goes inside now, and he and he's like, "Hey guys, hello, like I have a new person. This is Train Tracks. Uh, she's seen some aliens, and she wants to tell you about them." <clears throat> and she's like, "Who are you? Or who are you guys?" And they're like, "We're the Veritas Brigade," and they all have their things. One guy is there. And he's, he's like, is a banana guard. And sometimes he's a vessel for an intergalactic, interdimensional being named Bushi. <laughs> and, and then someone's like, oh, I love when Bushi shows up. And that, like, yeah, you know, it's like one of those, but it's like in my head, it's like, oh, this is insufferable. Yeah. It's like, clearly they're not doing a lot here. It's like a, they're, ni- they're probably nice people, but a lot of misguided weirdos. And immediately tree trunks throws over the podium and starts yelling, Enough with your campfire ghost stories. I have six children that Princess Bubblegum has put at great danger, and I need to protect them. Are you with me? And they're like, of course we are. And it's like, and then it's go time. And that's when it hit me. Again, first time I saw she, I'm like, you're not giving these people, you need their help, Tree Trunks, and you're not giving them any goddamn context as to what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. And you're just like, but she's really being attacked. Like, this, it's like if you're a mother... And your two-year-old had someone had a, a knife to their neck. Like, how would you react? That's how she's reacting in this episode. And I, and it only on rewatching it this time did I really start emotionally connecting with Tree Trunks in these moments because I'm like, 
she's going to protect her fucking family. Yeah, most of the rest of the time, I, the first time I ever watched this, I was like, man, like, I, I don't like tree trunks. Like, this is annoying. Like, tree trunks sucks. And then, yeah, the more you watch this episode, it's like you start to just warm a little bit to tree trunks. Yeah, you know. Um, so they, like, break into the compound. There's a lot of these Princess Bubblegum-shaped rocket ships. And she breaks into one now. As immediately, the rest of the Veritas Brigade is, like, kind of missing. Like, they couldn't even keep up with her. And, like, yeah. you're saying, she opens one by mistake and sees inside is this soup of all these, like, little alien probes that are going. And it's like, oh, shit. She calls them, you're the devil's hot little helpers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Princess Bubblegum comes over and goes, Tree Trunks, what the hell do you think you're doing? And at this point, I think a lot of people's troubles with Princess Bubblegum that we've talked about on the internet hit. And I go, now hold on a second here, Princess Bubblegum, showing up their banana guards. What gives you the right to be walking around? Like, she's walking around like she's the president of the United States. Like, you're under my rule now. She is in Candy Kingdom, and this is her private property. But I'm like, hey, Princess Bubblegum, hold up here. You're not some god. You're not like a benevolent leader like you're on the same footing as tree trunks like you just have resources like why are you she starts like talking down to tree trunks and saying she doesn't understand and it's putting her in handcuffs and i'm like this is all kind of unacceptable to me like you're not even listening to tree trunks and you're like participating in this colonial behavior that is really unacceptable um yeah i i think i think there must have been some other event that occurred to so distrust between the two of them. There was yeah. something that went down at their wedding. She didn't come. Uh, oh, Princess Bubblegum didn't come to Tree Trunks' wedding. Is she that says, what it was? I thought. I think. I think. I thought there was like a fight that happened. At no, the there's that, some like she big caused fight. Or, she caused yeah. a huge fight that ruined the wedding. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was. Early in the and, end, she said she didn't come. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was some sort of situation where, like, both of them were at fault for some reason or another. I don't remember what it was, but I there is an antecedent to this acrimonious relationship between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Somehow, I forget what it is. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, yeah, but still, like, I don't know. It's really unacceptable. And then we get. They're putting they're putting the whole Veritas Brigade in uh, handcuffs as well, and Bushi I think goes like Bushi's only prison is prison is this life, and Prince comes like yeah we'll join the club. Oh no, he's it's right? uh like this planet or something like that. It's, yeah, it it makes sense for for what the episode is. Yeah, and for what Princess Bubblegum's goals are, like that sarcastic offhand remark that she makes, like yeah you and me both or something like that. Yeah, it's a lot deeper. <clears throat> given what we're about to discover about PB's plans. Right. And at that, I think it's at that moment that Tree Trunks is again abducted and zapped up, and then so is Princess Bubblegum, and they both appear in the mushroom void, as I'm calling it. And she, <laughs> Tree Trunks is like, see? Um, and Princess Bubblegum is like, Tree Trunks, what is this place? And then Tree Trunks is like, you already know. Yeah, which I love. You all, it's like, I don't think she does, but also she kind of does. And she looks over and all of her <laughs> hot little helpers have, <laughs> now it's really actually really sad and disturbing because they're like, 
these organisms that have taken over the gray's bodies. I'm talking like a la alien, like alien. Yeah. Like multiple are now like fused to their bodies and like one bursts out of the praying mantis's hands. And like it, they are grossly deformed and clearly in agony, pain, suffering and dying. And these candies are just happy. And one of them is huge. One is waving at Princess Bubba. Sean, you like voice one of them. He was like, hello. <laughs> and it was really disturbing. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't know. And she's like, see, they don't want to hurt. They refuse to fight back. And they're, I guess it's just in their nature. They're lovers, not fighters. And then Princess Bubblegum <laughs> has the Texas remote and turns it off. And then they all just recede. And the, the, the aliens and the alien children are okay. But her babies were literally dying. It's like a really gross, sad scene. Um, and then they are now, it, the sun is like setting or rising. I think the sun's rising. They're in this like burned out pitch, like probably outside of Candy Kingdom. And... Uh, Tree Trunks is balled up and sleeping very adorably and Bubblegum wakes up and just goes, what? 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 She just screams what a bunch of times. Yes. <laughs> and then she starts shake. She grabs and shakes Tree Trunks and she's like, see, I told you. See, alien men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, they walk back and she, in this, Eric, you should tell, like, explain why Princess Princess Bubblegum explains to Tree Trunks in the audience why she was doing what she was doing. What 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 was her ultimate goal? Yeah, she's not confident in uh, the land of Ooh to last very much longer. Uh, what did she, what did she say? It could could happen to it. The kablooey is that the word she uses? She's like in case Ooh goes completely kablooey, which com- we- confidentially speaking, there are just like. A million ways that could happen. Yeah. Like it's, it's sort of like a, almost like an allegory for the climate change. It's like that, the, this whole, like the, this universe, like this planet as we know it is going to go. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she says a great word. I, it's something like dong, dong, dong bongled. No, that's <laughs> it. Um, ooh can go completely dong bongles. <laughs> yeah. Um and and she's like and I want yeah, keep going. Uh so she she's trying to seed future candy kingdoms out into the galaxy uh mm-hmm. to carry on the the legacy, I guess, in case ooh gets dong bongled. Yeah. And I almost thought of it as like that then there could be another candy kingdom that she and a lot of people from ooh could maybe go to when this when it gets dong bongled. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it's kind of like a plan B. Um, and what? And Prince and, and Tree Trunks is like, well, you know, if you need a place for that, like a place for your goo, I can help you find that. And Princess Bubblegum is sort of taken aback, like, why would you help me? She's like, look, we will never be friends, but that doesn't mean we can respect each other and be allies. And as you and I have something in common, and that we see the infinite prosmus promise of the cosmos above and and prince bubble comes like uh sure and then cuts (laughs) cuts to bed and she's back in bed the tv screen wall glows and out comes the gray and he just says hello tree trunks and i you're taking back immediately you're (laughs) yeah tom kenny tom kenny's like real voice right yeah this is this is the voice that i was talking about that he uses in uh, that show final space okay 
It's just like having a character just talk like that all the time is just boring. Yeah. But in this moment, it is absolutely perfect. Perfect. Because it's a it's a good contrast to the ridiculous shit that's been Man. going on the whole time. Man. Man. Yeah. And and she says, You can talk. To which he says, Yeah, there's websites that will teach you. And then he just moves on. I didn't know there was the internet in the land of him. There are websites that can teach you. Yeah, it's that is really one of the funniest episodes. He goes, Maybe it's like uh you know how like the like the first like radio, like t- television broadcast or something that went out to the cosmos was like, I think like Hitler speaking during like leading up to World War Two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like, if if aliens get our like broadcast signals, the first thing they get will be that speech, which is fucking terrible. Is that true? Uh, but wow. maybe like after thousands of years, like now they're finally the aliens are finally getting websites about how to speak English. Oh, that would be really helpful for when they come. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, and he's like, listen, I'm going to help princess bubblegum. We're going to take her like, you know, all her probes to another planet, but it's going to take so long to get there that, and back. Like I wouldn't see you for another 40 years. So this is the last time. And she's sort of like, well, take care of my children. Take care of yourself. And at this point, I think Mr. Pig wakes up. And is like, who are you? And and I don't know if she says my it's my alien. Yeah, she's like, this is my alien husband. And then she takes the alien husband's hand and Mr. Pig's hand and makes them shake hands. And and that's where we end. <laughs> it's yeah, in a very unsettling look. Yeah, that ending made the first time I saw it, I stood up. I was like, <laughs> I was like Princess Bubblegum, just what? What? <laughs> <sighs> oh my god yeah um i can't recommend watching this episode enough it, it it's truly a delight and i can't believe what we see and where it goes um i don't i do want to know if you saw the snail though eric did you see the snail Yes, I saw the snail. Sean, did you see the snail? No. Nick, did you see the snail? No. Too wrapped up in the story. Well, congratulations. He was uh, chilling on Jake when he, the only shot that Jake was in where he was a chair for oh. everyone. Oh, he was on there? Man, I thought that would have been a great spot for I the know, snail. I thought you pointed at his chair, Sean. I thought you maybe he was on there. Oh. I did think that later. F, I missed it. I was too just preoccupied with the story. Congratulations, yeah. Eric. One second, one second. I'm sorry. Congratulations. <laughs> okay uh before the next segment hey, if you're enjoying this podcast please go rate us five stars on the apple podcast app you might not think it does anything you're like why do all these podcasters ask me to do it if you could write us a little review and talk about how awesome it is uh because i'm i'm guessing it is if you've listened to like 
almost an hour of this episode so far. That would be really great. <laughs> On Spotify, you can also rate podcasts now too. Did you see that, Eric? You gotta. You no, gotta, you gotta go. I don't rate. really use Spotify that much. Yeah, well, mm. just. Go rate us on there. Sean, you should rate us on, on Spotify too. Five stars. Okie dokie. That helps us all in the algorithms and the SEO and all the things that our corporate overlords um, deem valuable. So Praise be the corporations. Yes. Um, they pay you on time. Right, Eric? Do we, we don't get paid per Spotify stream for podcasts. No, just, we? just, no. just by the ads. Um, yeah, it's weird. That, um, that's kind of shitty because like... A song gets streamed and you make like a third of a cent, uh-huh. but an hour long podcast episode gets streamed and you don't make anything from that. Yeah, think about this. They don't they, even give you the third of a cent like they, door prize. They leveraged music and devalued it in order to get a larger user base on their platform and then immediately started pushing content, which they did not have to pay for. It's ostensibly free to them like podcasts. Like, think about that as the Spotify business model. I should probably cut yeah. this out. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Um, Devious. Yeah, let's cut that out and, and we can talk about that more later. <laughs> we can leave it in and still talk about it more later. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, next segment. <laughs> Miscellany Media. So this episode was storyboarded by Pendleton Ward and Sam Alden. Yes. I, it's a that's, rare Penn Ward episode. I, now, I, I almost brought this up before we started because I wanted to set the stage with that this is actually a pretty monumental episode. But I thought it might even be better to talk about it after we talked about how bad shit insane it is. So Pendleton Ward at this at this time, the last episode that he wrote and storyboarded was season five episode Bad Timing. Which we did with Sean, right? Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, so it's great that it's perfect. You're back with this. But think about that. It's like three seasons that he didn't actually do. And famously, right, he stepped during this time is like when he's after season five, right? He steps down as showrunner. And, uh, if not before that, even. Oh, yeah, for, um, yeah. I think he was pretty involved doing Bravest Warriors mm-hmm. and getting which, burned out, which he's talked about. I don't, I don't, I don't understand his true chronology. Like he was working on a lot of things simultaneously, and yeah. it's kind of hard to unravel. Well, that's what something led to what? Okay, sometimes. yeah, I, yeah. Um, I, 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 when I was listening to some, some, uh, some interviews, I want to listen to another one with him. But I think there's just like the responsibilities of showrunner that like you have to approve all of the merchandising. You have to be in meetings all the time with the network and with every department on the show. And I think and like. Right, they did like a, over a hundred episodes in season five. No, that's not true. 60? 50. 50, 50 something. Fifty, yeah. So I think there was just like, I mean, we—that's something we we should. I uh, I I can dig up some more facts on because I've read about that. But I thought it was around that time where he steps down. I'm not exactly sure the exact episode, but uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So he comes back with this episode. How about an episode to come back with? Like, do you think like he was like I? You know, he's given so much to the show. He's like, I'm only going to come back when I have an idea for an episode I really want to do. Like, he has that luxury. And this is the episode he was excited enough to do after a three-year break. 
<laughs> three three season break. Um, super great. Um, what else do you have there, Eric? Uh, so the big reference of this episode is that this is kind of based on this guy named David Huggins. Do you know about him? No. Tell me. I want to know everything. David Huggins uh, is just some dude who grew up in rural Georgia and claims to have been, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's been abducted, but visited by extraterrestrials and has sex with them. And he is a painter and he paints pictures of him having sex with these aliens. Now this, this is our true documentation of real events or is what he's claiming. Oh my God. And he's like in his seventies now. I'm looking uh, and still very (gasps) adamant about the truth of all all these events. Look at these paintings. Oh my God. These paintings are terrifying. (laughs) Are you looking at them? Oh my God. Look at those paintings. Holy shit. They're really good and disturbing. (laughs) That's frightening. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is an alien on top of him. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. And, but they are the great, they're like the gray aliens. Yeah. Holy the, shit. The grays, and there's also a praying mantis that features prominently. I see the praying mantis. Well. Oh my God. That's wild. Oh my God. Look at this one. That's like their room. There's one where it's like a room and then the thing comes out of like a portal in the room. Yeah. Wow. Oh my. Can I ask a question? God, what? Um, Eric, you were going to come back and talk about the praying mantis more. Wait, why are we, why are we getting off this fucking David Huggins thing so quick? <laughs> Holy shit. My mind is blown. I, I do want to talk about, about space ghosts, but oh my God. Wait, okay. So he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's been a renewed interest in this guy's life over the last decade or so. Like, I think there's a couple podcasts about it. Oh, um, I'm, I'm diving into to this. And now that we know that aliens are real, thanks to Tom DeLong in the last year. Right. Yeah. Right, Sean? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, th- this guy is apparently... Uh, oh, he lost like, his virginity to an alien woman. Yeah, right. That's what Oh he, my god, a hundred other Oh encounters. Oh no. Oh, there's wow. a documentary. It's called Love and Saucers. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. That's you can unsettling. Buy, you can buy prints of his work. I I can't handle that. I still oh, I want I want the Eric Dano uh well I guess now it's gonna be weirder because I wanted I wanted you to to draw for me the uh, tree trunks in her alien family <laughs> for my for my uh, house, but this adds a new layer. Oh, wow! I didn't know about this. This is fucking insane. This, of course, Pendleton Ward is like, here we go. That's wild. Okay, all right, Sean. I apologize. I was not trying to snap at you. I just needed to process that this new information Eric brought into my life. Yes, let's let's talk about the uh. What, what you were talking about. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, so the grasshopper. What's up? Who, who's uh, the praying mantis? Well, stuff? The praying, the praying mantis. mantis, I mean. 
Yeah, that's that's uh, a central part of the David Huggins lore as as well as like there was a praying mantis kind of alien. Uh, so that's part of the episode uh, since this is just one huge reference to that. Um, and then they take it a, a step further by making their praying mantis reference also a reference to Space Ghost. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I love that. I keep uh, seeing that and I'm like, wow, this is like. There's a reference here. I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a reference folded into another reference, which yeah, I appreciate. That's cool. Um, I wanted to bring up something. Um, two little pieces of, you know, rewatchable eye candy from the episode was, um, obviously, did we all notice that over Mr. Pig and uh, Tree Trunk's bed, there's just a a painting of Finn. <laughs> yeah. Why do they have a <laughs> painting of Finn? Do he's, we know? He's their Cause, friend because he's they the like best. Him. He's the bomb. He watches over them. He, that was thing number one. He also kind of uh, gave them their child, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Finn is kind of famous. He's Finn the human. Everyone knows him. Yeah. Another thing about that is that one of the um, newspapers that Starchy's holding in the episode prominently shows Finn on the front cover, like oh, battling wow. someone. That's cool. Yeah. On the front of a newspaper. That's- that's a reference to another episode. Uh, I forget what it what it is. Yeah. Wow. But also, another thing, if you notice, on... Okay, so Princess Bubblegum has the chalkboard, right? She's like, I'm going to show you all this stuff, and there's a bunch of science, right? As she walks up to the chalkboard, on the chalkboard, there's a population graph. Yeah. And it's a population growth graph. And somewhere in the beginning of the 21st century, it just shows all humans die. Like it's like goes up, up, up to like over 7 billion people. It just goes down to zero. Um, you know, which is probably, is that just probably the mushroom war or whatever? Yeah. 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 And it's predicted that the population will regrow by the year 4000 wow um which is probably what she's predicting as if humans retake the planet there won't be a a place for the candy kingdom anymore yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well or she knows about all the crazy shit that could just there's a million different ways she said it could well yeah that too (laughs) as we see later in the go dong bongles (laughs) oh my god what a great episode. What a troubling episode. Yeah, not the David Huggins thing really threw me. Um Yeah, Eric, Nick wasn't ready for that to be in his life. There's a I'm going to watch the documentary trailer right after this. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I I don't want to know anything else about that guy. I don't know. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. Um anything else anyone wants to say? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Sean, you, do you want to plug any music? Um, not yet. Soon, Sean Harvey, you have two solo records out on Spotify. I got two solo records out on Spotify. I've got an ambient electronic record. It's called April Twenty Twenty. I've got a solo piano record called Piano Number One. Check those out on Spotify. And um, yeah. Hashtag big things coming in hashtag twenty twenty two. Watch out for it. 
I can plug some music. Do Let's it. go. By the time this episode comes out, I will have a brand new album up on my Patreon. Ooh. It's a double album. It's 21 tracks. It fucking destroyed me recording it over the last like three months. Uh, but it's finished and it's going up on my Patreon this week and it won't get a public release for like six months. So I can't even like announce what it is publicly for like six months. So if you want it, it has to be on my Patreon only. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Eric Dano. Also, my van was just broken into and I lost like a couple thousand dollars worth of gear. Oh no. So I didn't know it was that much. Sign up for my Patreon. That would be super tight. Thank you. Yeah, everyone. If there if you listen to this podcast and you feel like, man, I want to support those guys, support Eric right now. Eric uh makes a lot of great music and he engineers this awesome fine show and he needs he needs his gear so he can make this show great and he can make all of his great music. Amen. Yeah. I, I will say it w- it was my live PA system that was stolen, mm-hmm. which doesn't immediately affect me. Like if if I had like instruments stolen, then I would like I'm fucking game over, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I don't have a lot of live sound gigs that I need my PA for like right now, so yeah. it's like not it's not like being on tour and your guitar is is taken, which is like fucking world ending devastating. Um, but honestly, like I'm kind of numb to <laughs> disasters right now. So <laughs> just another shitty thing that happened. I'm sorry, Eric. Yeah, that really yeah. sucks, man. <clears throat> yeah, I. You know, this is just like anyone with a fucking van, whether it's like a band van or a work van, even. Like, just be careful because shit is out of control right now. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw where the union was on tour a couple weeks yeah. ago and they, they got their, their van uh, broken into in uh, Oakland, I think, um, which is like a, San Francisco, especially is like a very bad area for that yep. right now. I know Houston is, has always been pretty bad. Some of these hotspots, St. Louis, I think is also like a terrible place for van break-ins. Um, yeah. But everywhere it's like such a crazy like surge in van thefts right now. It's insane. Um, and and, it's, and I'm seeing it not just music stuff, but like work bands, but like work equipment and that kind of thing too. And um, if you're if you're in a band, Eric, I think you told me this. Get those tiles, those like key locator tiles and hide them everywhere. I know, right? This is this is the the thing like we just had this specific conversation yeah. last time you were up in New York, like how I was always so adamant about bringing gear in after after the gig and not leaving it in the van but like i i took in like the microphones and the cables and all that stuff but i left in the two big bulky pa mains and my big 16 channel mixer because i was like just one guy i'm like ah well i'll be fine leaving it tonight like i'm parked in front of my fucking parents suburban house like it's it'll be fine but i think i think because i've been parking that van there for the better part of like a year and a half on and off. So I think it was marked. I think these, like these guys had like some operation going where they knew like that was a spot that a van was being parked and they had been like checking it uh, like for like often. And they got lucky and they found it on a night that there was gear in there. 
Oh. Damn, man. That's which which sucks because, like, now it's like, I don't feel like there's a safe place for the van to be. Yeah. <laughs> if they know that that's, like, that's where it is a lot of the time. Now it's like, I keep nothing in there. Yeah. Except maybe put some holophonic stickers in there so when the next time they come back, some pre- free promo. Yeah. The, um... <laughs> Leave a demo CD, a burned demo yeah. CD for them. Steal this. Yeah. With like a post-it note on it. <laughs> also, fuck you, but yeah, steal yeah. this. Steal this. <laughs> yeah. The Kraken Quartet trailer was broken into three, two and a half years ago. Um, we were off tour, so thankfully the only thing in there was a a single moving blanket, and they left the moving blanket, but like... All of the locks, like, you know, the top part and the bottom part that you loop the lock through were, like, completely sawed off. Like, it would have been, like, you know, like, hundreds of dollars of repairs oh, to, man. To, to, like, get the new locking mechanisms on the trailer, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how they got in uh, because, I, well, I, I know that they, they use the back handle on the van, uh, on the back door. And it's like, it was a little bit fucked up and now it's a lot fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to have to get that fixed, but it's not like, thankfully they didn't like break any windows or anything like that. Well, man, best of luck to you. And, and I'm re- going to reiterate it again, everyone go support Eric right now. Um, Cause that would go a long way to help him out. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, on a more <laughs> hopeful note, Eric, I don't want to diminish how bad that was. It's been a good year. <laughs> it, that, that's been the major thing in my life this week. So yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say thank you to our fans that have stuck with us. And I, a lot of our early episodes, I said, tell one friend, tell two friends. I think a couple of you actually did that. And thank you for it. Thanks for listening to us like week after week. All year. There were some people who tagged us as being their most listened to podcast on Spotify. And it's just really cool to see that. And thank you for listening this year. Yeah, so next week we will watch. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Let's go! It's the generator. I always forget about the episode generator. <laughs> uh, this one is in the neighborhood of high strangeness. Season eight, episode 19 Jelly Beans Have Power. Oh man. Nice. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about, about this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. Dude, it's called Jelly Beans Have Power. Yeah. Dude, it's about jelly beans, man. And they have power. Oh. Let me They've tell got you. The power. Okay. Nice. Cool. cool. John, well, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, again. this is fun. Love that episode. So glad I could uh, be around for it. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Right. Thank you, Eric. Yep. Good app, everyone. Great app. Peace Bye. out. Good app. Peace out. <laughs>